0: We, um, we joined this church 30 years ago about right now 30 years ago I was 21 years old my wife's father was murdered and it was in this church sitting in the back row in a fast um, that Chris Vinant called Melanie to the front and said um, Melanie would you come here and Melanie was very angry with God and um, because He had taken her dad and uh, it was in this church that she was prayed for and the Spirit of God touched her and became her father in this church and so we have many memories I can point out chairs in this church where God has dealt with people and dealt with our own hearts but this message doesn't come from this church this message comes from a urinary hospital and uh, in um, March last year I got very sick I was cycling, and I hit my pubic bone uh, on a bicycle and cracked it, and it penetrated my prostate, and I had a urinary tract infection for five months, and I would literally go to the toilet and cry. I, I would wee in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit many times with tears pouring down my face, but I want to tell you the depths of where this message comes from. And then the most embarrassing thing of my life is I had to go to a urinary hospital to have an operation, and I'm the most private person in the whole world. I don't share bedrooms, I don't share bathrooms, I don't share anything other than from the pulpit. And when I got to the urinary hospital, they said the men's section is full, you have to go to the women's section. So I was lying in a urinary hospital with five women, four that side, one this side, and we've all got issues, and it's like, hey dear, what's wrong with you, you know, and, 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 and hey my darling, I mean, <laughs> how's the plumbing, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> well, I mean, what, what procedure are you having today, my dear, you know. While I felt like my, I felt like uh, I just didn't feel right. But I walked out of that hospital and I, I don't know if I picked up a superbug or whether the stress of that operation caused a nervous breakdown. But I ended up in bed for three months last year and I had to ask this question what's really important? What's really important? I'm 51 years old. I've been in the church for 30 years. I've seen people fall away. I've had breakdowns with some of my dearest friends. We've argued over certain stuff. I've caused people to get hurt. I've seen people leave the church because of me. But I've had to ask the question, what's really important? And so I've only got about probably 25 or 30 years left of my life, and I don't want to waste a single second. I don't want to waste a single second. I don't want to waste a single conversation. The Bible says in my tongue is the power of life and death. I want to speak life. I want to speak life over people. I want to speak life over marriages. I want to speak life over churches. I want to speak life over my enemies. I only have, I think, two people who really hate me. And they both come from this church and every single day of my life I pray for them every single day of my life I pray for them and one doesn't like me because it was my fault but I'm gonna keep praying and God is gonna reconcile us somewhere along the line amen but I want to tell you friends you've only got a little bit of time left don't waste it don't waste it this is a man a vulnerable 51 year old man Lying in a urinary hospital surrounded by women with plumbing issues. <laughs> crying out from the depths of my heart, don't waste whatever time you've got left. Don't waste a second. If you've got a beard, please come up to the front and I'm going to test it whether it's a proper beard. If you've got a beard, please come to the front. If you've got a beard, we're gonna, we're gonna, it's not going to be a long sermon. Come to the front. Yes, sir. So when I prayed about this time, you've got a beard, sir. It's kind of a. Yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. That sort of that thing. That horrible-looking thing. Yeah. Oh, that's bum fluffy, bro. <laughs> oh, yo, 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 yo. So you get beards and you get beards. So, so all I felt God say for this time is that God is building a brotherhood and a sisterhood, but not a bum-fluff brotherhood. He's building a bearded brotherhood. So, if I look at you gentlemen, um, sorry to get you up there, you haven't got a beard, just like you're... It's just One day. One day. You can be seated. You can be seated. That's pathetic. You can be seated. That's pathetic. You can be seated. Uh, you can stay. You can stay. Oh, touch and go. You can go, bru. You're just too lazy to shave. Yeah, you can stay. You can stay. You can stay. Uh, you can go. You just didn't shave this morning. You can also go. Okay, you can stay. You can stay. bye bye Uh, Okay, okay, (laughs) bye-bye. 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 (laughs) Bye-bye. You can stay. Bye-bye. You can stay, you can stay, you can stay. Mm, You can stay. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. 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 You can stay, you can stay, and goodbye to all of you. Okay. Are you with me? Where are my glasses? Are oh, they here. Okay, you just stay right there. Oh, you can stay. Sorry, sir. Oh, sorry. You can stay, sir. Do you need a seat? Are you all right? I'll, I'll preach very shortly about three sets of brothers. The Kellogg's brothers. The Wright brothers and the Becker brothers. Every church needs the Becker brothers. It's a bunch of thugs that are in our church. We've got another set of brothers called the Rabi brothers. If you Google them, you'll see Bar Fight in Namibia. He is the biggest non Africaner I've ever seen in my life. He makes you look like Mickey Mouse. So I see it. You know what? The amazing thing about Glenridge, because how long have you been at Glenridge? Five years. Five years. Incredible. We've always had a worship leader that wears their wife's shirt. It's unbelievable. It's it's unbelievable. It's it's amazing. We always. It's amazing. They always sing those songs. God is so strong. So strong and so mighty. You know that kind of thing. They always sing those songs. Yeah. He is strong. Yeah, he is strong. Always, it's always. So we've got this guy called Kevin Robbie in our church. And he's come from the dark side. You build a church for people like Kevin Robbie. So we're in a restaurant together and um, his son is going through on a hoverboard through the restaurant, irritating all of us. And eventually one customer says, please can you stop your hoverboard? So he goes and tells his dad. And his dad walks across to the table and he starts shouting, Don't tell my son to stop riding his hoverboard! So I just tapped him on the shoulder, because I'm his pastor. (laughs) (laughs) And he turned around and looked at me and he said, You're the last person I wanted to see here today! (laughs) So let's read Psalm 133, it's going to go on the board. Read it with me. How good, let's read it, how good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. Say good Good. and pleasant. Black, white, young, old, male, female, educated, uneducated, married, single, divorced, live together in unity. Say good. Good. Say good. good. Say pleasant. I know some things that are good, but they're not pleasant. Exercise. I know some things that are pleasant, but they're not good. Coke. That word good is exactly the same word that they use in Genesis chapter 1 and 2 when God creates. So when God creates, he says, it is good. It is good. It is good. It's exactly the same word. God created us to live in unity with our brothers. Amen. Amen. Amen? How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. This, friends, is called the song of ascents. This is the second step from the top. If we have time to go through this, we haven't got time, but this is the second step from the top, and it starts... With bickering and moaning in Psalm 120. It says you're living amongst lying tongues with deceitful lips. That's how it starts. And it ends at one step from the top, with brothers dwelling together in unity. Most relationships start with unity and they end up with division. Yeah. Beautiful. The church relationships start with division. We all on different pages. But when we walk together, we start to find unity. Listen carefully to me. Listen carefully. Three quick statements. In small things, liberty. Got girls dancing here in front. Got different styles of worship. You go to one church, it's an organ. Another church, it's a trumpet. In small things... Liberty. In big things, unity. In all things, community. In small things, liberty. We're not going to agree on everything. But you be free. In big things, we have to have unity. And one of the things that's throwing the church is theology. Decide what your theology is. Live with that theology and don't diverse on it. In all things community, you are part of a bigger church in the city. Live with it. When brothers live together, say live together. I get on better with my relations, relations on the telephone than I do in person. Yay or nay? True story. They say that you should take a fresh fish when you visit your family. They say, as you arrive at home, you must put the fresh fish on the mantelpiece. And as it starts to smell, it's time to leave. Takes about three days. It's easy, friends, to get on when you're young. You can see children playing. You can put them into a classroom block At We friends, it doesn't matter if they're black, white, it doesn't matter if they come from a married family or a divorced family, you put them in the play yard together and they'll come up with a game. When they're teenagers, they form friendships that will last forever. But when you grow a beard, when you grow a beard, and and, and you've got convictions, and you start to get mature because your testosterone is, you can't grow that without testosterone. And your emotions have started to flow and your manhood has started to develop and your muscles have started to come and your convictions have started to happen and you've had a few fights in your life and you've had a few failures in your life and you've had a few successes in your life. It's not easy to live in unity here. Amen? I've got brothers here. We've had fights. But I want to tell you we're not going to ever fight again about the things of God I'm going to learn how to dwell with you in unity because you have to change the world it is like precious oil poured on the head running down on the beard running down on Aaron's beard please put up a, a picture of the high priest it is like precious oil so he's using a metaphor running down the beard of Aaron running onto his clothes you see on his clothes are 12 stones representing the 12 tribes of Israel so when the beard this is just a picture of Christ when the oil runs down it touches all 12 tribes it doesn't matter if you're the top of the pile or the bottom of the pile it doesn't matter if you're in the middle or on the outside It doesn't matter if you're black or if you're white. It doesn't matter if you're young or if you're old. When the brothers dwell together in unity, the commanded blessing of God will touch you. Amen? Amen. 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 This church was designed to bless the nations of the world. And this church is meant to have the blessing of God upon its life. Financial, relational, resource blessing of God that can change the world. Amen? And today we're going to resolve some things. Yeah? The greatest corporate, Raymond will know this, the greatest corporate fight in history of industry. Hold these, hold these and and, and make them like crackle. crackle. Make them crackle. Make them crackle. Make them crackle in your hand. Make them crackle. Now you always look so beautiful for years. Oh, yeah. make, make them crackle. Make them crackle. Don't worry and, and, and walk you afterwards. The greatest fight in corporate history was between the Kellogg's brothers about who invented the flipping cornflake. A pointless... Useless financial argument and abs- about who invented the cornflake. A 10 year court case costing millions of dollars on who invented the flipping cornflake. When you're lying in hospital, In the urinary section, the last thing you're thinking about is cornflakes. I'm thinking about my friends. I'm thinking about the men that I prayed with. I'm thinking about the men that we sacrificed with. I'm thinking of Ray Way and Nick Hardy and Sidney Jolson before this building was built, before any of you were ever born, with Sidney Jolson banging the drums with this church fasting and praying and asking God because we had no money. I'm thinking of that. Because when, when I can come into line with that drum, then God's commanded blessing is going to start flowing through my life. Amen. Running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down upon the collar of his robes. It is as if the Jew of Hermon we're falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Could you pick, put up a picture of Mount Hermon, please? This is the next picture. That's Mount Hermon. Always got snow on top of it. Go back to the previous one, please. When brothers dwell together in unity, it is as if the Jew of Mount Hermon were falling upon Mount Zion. 300 kilometers away. 300 kilometers away. 300 kilometers away. This is what it says in Proverbs. It says, The wrath of a king crushes you, but the favor of a king is like Jew. The wrath of a king crushes you, but the favor of a king is like dew. It says this in Job, after Job has asked God 38 chapters of questions. What wada, what are, what are, what a, what a, what a, 38 chapters of questions. This thing, that thing, this thing, that thing, this thing. And then God says to Job, I tell you what, Job, you stand up. I'm going to ask you a few questions. Doesn't answer one of them. He says, Job, where was the mountain goat born? Where does the wind come from? Where did the sea start? Who's the father of the dewdrop? It's like, gee, God, is there a father behind that? Is there a father behind that, Lord? It says, when I'm in unity, it is like the dew of Mount Hermon falls on Mount Zion. You see, I live in Pretoria, Doug lives 600 kilometers away from me. But when I'm in unity with Doug, it is like the Jew of my life, my time, my money, my relationships, my ministry. But behind the Jew is a father. And the father starts to use his son and my Jew starts to fall on Doug's life. And Doug's dew starts to fall on my life. And the 300 or 600 or 800 or 2,000 kilometers no longer is a distance that starts to come closer and closer and closer and closer. Amen? I I don't know why Stan and I just didn't get it for a long time. And then my mum was sick and she was in hospital, and we met her around my mum's bed. And I said, "Stan, we need to talk, you and I, because there's distance between us. And when there's distance, your Jew doesn't touch my desert." And so him and I sat in a very, a restaurant in Davenport Road called Afro's, and for three hours, we allowed the distance to get closer. So we still live six or seven hundred kilometers apart. But I can feel the Jew of Stan touching my life. And I can feel my Jew touching his life. Amen. Guys, this is a funny preaching. You think, what is this guy coming and talking about? I'm telling you, ask yourself this question, what's really important? What's really important? That's all I'm asking you. What's really important? What's really important? And don't worry, I will buy him new clothes. (laughs) But let's forget the joke. Let's forget the joke. Who is the high priest? Who is the high priest? Do you think it was oil that flowed over his robes? Or was it blood that flowed over his robes? And so as you sit here today and you watch this illustration which the Bible gives to us, you got to know that it was a picture of a high priest where oil flowed over his head, over his eyes, over his mouth, over his chest, over his sexual organs, over his knees, over his feet, over his hands, everything that we've ever touched, everywhere where we've ever walked, any sin that we've ever committed, any thought that we've ever had in our heart, any criticism that we've ever uttered from our mouths, it starts to flow over and over and over and over and over and over. And over and it starts to drip in the very ground that was cursed. You see, when God cursed the ground, He said, this ground will produce thorns and thistles. And so what God did is He stuck thorns and thistles into the head of Jesus, the very sign of the curse. And those thorns and thistles that were meant to bring Him agony brought us healing. I will never live in disunity with any brother that God has given to me or sister because the ramifications are far too great. I've only got 25 or 30 years and I'm not going to waste one of them. Beautiful. Come on. Let the Spirit of God touch you. Come here Richard. Take your top off. Right? Come here, Mark. Stand here. Let the Spirit of God touch you now. And I don't believe it. How good and pleasant. Say good. God's original intention. How good and pleasant it is. How good and pleasant it is. When brothers dwell together in unity, not bum-fluff brothers, mature, hardened, seasoned, convicted, differently wired when they live together. You see, it says make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. Make every effort. Make every effort. It's hard work for me to sit with my 53-year-old sister on a holiday for two weeks. There are times that she has to back down. There are times that I have to back down. She goes to bed late, I go to bed early. She wakes up late, I wake up early. She likes to eat vegetables, I like to eat meat. She disciplines the kids in one way, I discipline them in another. But we have to find the unity with our faith, which is Christ. Amen? This church has been shaken by too many opinions, including my own. For twelve years, I think I led as best I could for three hours exhausted. And the greatest sin that man produced, and they got kicked out the garden, is Cain killed his brother Abel. And we never murdered each other physically, but we murdered each other with our words. Today is a spring day. Today is a spring day. Today God starts to pour. And pour. Just receive. Just receive. And pour. Just keep your eyes closed. And pour. And pour. And pour. Keep your eyes closed. And pour. And pour over the beard. Over the beard. Onto the robes. And pour. And pour. And pour. And pour. And pour. And don't worry about the floor. It'll be a picture for this church that this is a spring day. This is a new blessing. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You can change the carpets. And pour. I'm telling you, friends, we know what God is doing here. God sent me from Pretoria to show you this. And pour, and pour. Yes, receive it. And pour, 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 and pour. And pour, and pour, and pour, and pour, and pour, and pour. Paul, and Paul, <laughs> yes, let it go, bro. Let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go. That's it, that's it. Let it go, let it go, let it go. Let it go. Just receive, just receive. May these carpets be stained for the rest of the life of this church, As a prophetic picture, this is what happens crunch, 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 crunch. Over our foreheads, over our eyes, over our mouths, over our hearts, through our stomachs, and it starts to drip in the very ground where we've walked. I close with this. And then I want every elder that has ever been an elder in this church, Lex Stewart, Ray Way, Doug MacDonald, I want you to all come to the front here. I want you to all come to the front. Every single one of you, or you guys who are elders, I want you to come to the front. Clint. Clint. Come and gather. Gather around this pulpit. Just let those guys stay. Be careful, those guys. Be careful, those guys behind you. You just stay there. You stay there, guys. Richard, God is busy with you this whole weekend. From the moment I met you, I knew God was busy with you, Richard. When you're 50 years old and you have a business crisis, sometimes the best person to run to you is your mother. The Becker brothers have got a very successful business, and on their property, they have a 5,000 square meter bottling plant that makes cool drinks, and they live in a town called Bub's Fontaine. Say, Bub's Fontaine. Bub's Fontaine Fontaine comes from the word Baptist Fountain, Bub's Fontaine. It is a one-horse town in the middle of nowhere, but the Becker brothers live in Bub's Fontaine. And they built it there because there was a revival there where the water was so sweet, people started to get baptized in Fontaine. in the Baptist fountain. They started to get baptized there. And so these brothers built their business there, and they've got this thriving business. And now they've got this 5,000 square meter bottling plant with 100 million rand processing. It just works on air. And it's, and it's just like this little bottle comes, goes, big bottle, it gets filled up, and they've got this thriving business. They're building the church, but one day the fountain ran dry. Bob's Fontaine ran dry about three years ago. And so Davi Becker, the oldest son, went to his mother and she said, Ma, the Fontaine is no droog, What must we do? She said, Get your brother and go to that fountain and speak to that fountain and tell that fountain to live. al in die boardroom, en sê, David, wat het jy gedoen? Jy sê, Rory, ek het vir my broer geroep, en ons vrouwens, and our wives. en vir drie jaar, Rory, het ons by daar die fontein gestaan, en ons het gesê, Fontein, jy moet begin borrel, jy moet begin borrel, you must start bubbling. Jy sê, for three hours, Rory, we stood there, our mother told us, because my dad built this business on the blessing of God, our mother told us, you go and stand there, boys, until that water starts to bubble. And he said, "Not three years, Rory. after three hours of praying, he said, "Accept my urda and ek hoor die borrel van onder die grond, and do water. I said already the delta foot in the lick, feet in the air. Because two brothers with their wives started to speak to the fountain that God released. Put your fingers out like this, gentlemen. If you don't mind, say fountain of Glenridge. You must bubble. And you must shoot out the ground. 30 feet. Because when brothers dwell together in unity, God commands a blessing. Who invented the aeroplane? Who invented the aeroplane? The right brothers. Say the right brothers. brothers. When brothers come together in unity, we can fly, we can open up wells, we can change the world. Say it again. Fountain of Glenridge. Glenridge. I command command. that you bubble and And burst forth. forth. In Jesus' name. Amen.